Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Um, wow, what a morning, eh? How exciting. Um, well done to those of you who are stuck with us online, and especially to those of you who have... Uh, that people online have put in different songs and things, uh, little links from YouTube and things like that that they've been worshipping along to at home as well. Um, so it's almost like we've been together in one spirit anyway. So um, thank you so much for being here. I'm Dan. Um, I'm the youth worker here at Greyfriars. Um, and it's my privilege this morning to be preaching to you from Nehemiah chapter 8. Um, if you do have a Bible, it's, it's always a good idea to bring a Bible to church. Uh, we don't have any in the, in the seats anymore um, because of COVID and all of those things. So if you do have a Bible, uh, brilliant. Uh, this morning's talk is all about the Bible. Uh, if you have one, keep it open at Nehemiah 8. We're going to be looking at some of that. Um, why don't I pray before we go any further? God, we thank you that you are here in our midst that you are present. And Lord, I pray that as we try to understand your word and as we grapple with it and think about it, you would speak to each one of us. Use our time together this morning to bless your name, to draw us nearer to you, to teach us and to make us more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, this morning, I have just one aim for my talk. There's one aim, there's one thing, and that is to encourage you to read this book. Simply read the Bible. Uh, I want to encourage you, challenge you, tempt you, draw you into it, and say, please, try reading this book. And if you already read it, or have read it, or read some of it, then try going a bit deeper. That's what this passage this morning is all about. It's all about uh, the Israelites coming out of exile, joining together and reading together the word of God. That's what they're doing. That's all they're doing. They come together and they read the Bible, or what they had of it. So it was just, for them, probably the first five books of the Bible. That's what they were reading. And my aim today is not to convince you um, that it's true, it's not to convince you that it's historically accurate, it's not to say this is how many copies there were of the New Testament or anything like that, there's talks like that. Today my aim is simply to say, try it, just read these words. If you haven't read them for a while, pick up your Bible again and read the words. These words in this book have transformed and completely changed my life. And I want that experience for every one of you, whether you're here or at home, to read these words, to grapple with them, and to have your life changed and transformed. So from the passage today, I'm just going to ask and try to answer, I guess, or at least ask more questions. I'm going to ask three questions, um, just that have popped out from, the, from Nehemiah 8 for me. Um, and so we're just going to try and answer those three questions today. 
Um, and we're going to do some wacky, crazy stuff as we go along, I think. Uh, it might not work, but what does work today? So we'll see. Um, so the first question I'd like you to answer that we're going to have a, look at, a little look at is, what do we expect when we open this book? What do we expect when we open the Bible? Because the Israelites here, they read their Bible with huge expectation. They read uh, the law of Moses with great expectation in their hearts. And do you know how long they read it for? From daybreak to noon, that's six hours. If you think this service is dragging, <laughs> then six hours is what they were up for. That's what they did. Um, they gathered in huge numbers and they chose to read this book together. They were waiting with great expectation because they believed that God was going to speak to them. They, they built a platform for Ezra, who was the priest at the time, to stand upon so they could all see him and they could all hear his words. They had that long list of names that Debs read out um, of people just around who were able to explain it to them when they didn't understand it. Some of it might have been language barrier, but some of it might have just been that it was complicated and they wanted to understand what it said. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't even have copies of the Bible together. They had to listen to it. And they treasured every word that was said. Um, they, they had these people that would read it to them and help them to understand. And then when Ezra opened up the book, they all stood up and they all worshipped. And then they all bowed down with their face to the ground and humbled themselves in preparation for listening to these words. That's, to me, that's why this morning it was important that we worshipped and we didn't just jump and miss a time of focusing on Jesus. Because in this book, in the passage that we read, what they did was they worshipped to prepare their hearts, to open themselves up to God and to say, God, we're in this place today and we want to hear from you. And so I hope that that's something that we've done today. We've just said, God, you're here. And, and we come with expectation that he's going to speak to us. They prepared their hearts. And how prepared is your heart as you open the Bible? Whether that be every day, uh, once a week, or on a Sunday as it's preached to us. The people were waiting with great expectation for God to speak to them because they believed wholeheartedly that this was God's word, that God was going to speak to them. Like, just think about that for a moment. God was going to speak to people. And we have this, each one of us, and sometimes we don't even bring it to church with us. And, and actually, like, God speaks through this book. I wholeheartedly believe it. And they were in a spiritual desert. They had been in, in Babylon. They'd been in exile. And they lapped up every word that came from here. So what do we expect when we open the Bible for ourselves or in church? I, um, I've been a youth worker for 10 years, and I used to know a young person called Flora. She was a wonderful young girl, um, a teenager who... Uh, was absolutely desperate, or said she was, I hope she's not watching, um, to hear God's voice. She was like, Dan, I want to hear God speak to me. And I was like, brilliant, that is so great. This week, pick up your Bible and read it. 
And she'd be like, all right, cool, yeah? And then she'd come back to youth group the week after, and she'd be like, Dan, God didn't speak to me. And I said, did you read your Bible? And she said, no, don't be silly. <laughs> I didn't read my Bible. I said, well, what do you want? And she said, oh, you know, I want God to speak to me in a booming voice or clouds in the sky or whatever it is. And I said, well, go home, open up your Bible and read a little bit every day. And I trust and I believe that God will speak to you. And so she went home and came back to youth group the week after and said, Dan, God hasn't spoken to me. And I said, did you read your Bible? And she said, no. <laughs> and you can see where this is going. It literally happened for weeks on end where she chose because she didn't expect that the words written in this book would be powerful enough, right enough, true enough for God to speak to her. She didn't have expectation that when she opened this book, God would speak. She wanted something different. But God has chosen to speak to us through these words. And my advice to you, if you're struggling to hear God speak in your life in some way, come and open up the word. Don't be like Flora was at that time. I think, she's, I think she reads her Bible now. Um, but don't be like Flora at that time, who just wanted God to speak to her, but was not willing to open up the book. Be someone who reads and expects God to speak to you through these words. And so what do you expect when you open the Bible? Do you really expect the God of the universe to speak to you and to meet you? Do you prepare yourself for what he might say to you? And where is your heart as you come to church or read your Bible at home? The second question I want to answer, or ask at least, um, is one of identity, of who do we become as we read the words here? Who do we become? How do these words here shape us? Because for the Israelites, as they came out of exile, these words shaped their identity. They needed to read these words to discover once again who they were. They had lost their identity. They'd been in exile. They'd been in Babylon. They'd been in loads of different places. And collectively, they had lost who they were. They had no collective identity anymore. And so what they do is they build their walls so that they're safe as a people. And then the first thing they do is they read this book together because it tells them who they are, because it shapes their identity. Instead of doing pick and mix religion or faith or identity or culture with the people from the, which they've been with, the Babylonians, I oh, will take the best bits from there and the Egyptians will take the best bits from what we remember there and all of the different cultures that they could bring in they actually said, forget all of that. We're just going to sit or stand for six hours and listen to who God says we are. To read our book, to read the law of Moses, and to say, let's let that shape our identity. Let's let that tell us who we are. Um, and they would have listened to this story. They would have listened to the story of the Exodus and remembered and, and heard and seen their people in there and thought, yes, I want that again. We want to be God's people. And they would have heard the Ten Commandments and God's covenant and be reminded of his promises to them. They would have read about their ancestors and be like, yes, we want to worship like them again. They intentionally decided that collectively 
they were going to shape their identity or let God shape their identity. And imagine we did this too. You know, we've been in some sort of exile. That's why we're looking at this book. We've been spread out across Reading, Berkshire, wherever we are. And some of us aren't even here this morning with us. We've been separated. And it would be really tempting to come back and, like, just pick some of the best things that we've we thought of over the last few months or year, the last 18 months. But actually, what if we just shaped our identity once again around who God says we are and stripped it right back and just went to the word for our identity? Um, and this also occurs on a, on a personal, like individual level about where we shape our identity. And I guess I just want to try and show you this with this piece of paper here. Um, I don't know if this is going to work. It might get messy. I'm not sure. I haven't really tried it. Um, but that's okay. So when, when I wake up every morning, I feel like, um, and I don't know, you might not feel like this, but I feel like I'm, I'm almost like this, this sheet of paper here, uh, where I'm just a blank piece of paper. And nothing has like properly impacted me throughout that day yet. There's been no demands put on my life yet. No one's said anything to me. Um, and it's almost like, oh, excuse me, I'm just going to grab my props. Um, and it's almost like, for me, at the beginning of the day, I'm just this blank sheet of paper. And then what happens, if you've ever been to one of my youth groups, you'll know that I'm not very crafty. Uh, this is going to be a mess. Um, and what happens throughout the day um, is that we kind of absorb these things, don't we? And stuff kind of gets layered up on us, and it's like, oh, you have to, like, you know, you turn your phone on, and it's like, here's an email, this is something you've got to do today, uh, this is something that uh, is a demand put on your life, um, or someone says, I, I didn't quite like that, the way you did that or the way you said that, and so it kind of just marks our day a little bit, and we start to, like, go through the day, and it's almost like there's, like, I feel like my life just gathers this mess sometimes throughout the day, and it starts to, like, absorb into me, and I, and I really can't, like... And it starts to absorb and like shape some of my identity as a person. When they say, you're not, that's not good enough, or you didn't do that well enough, or um, whatever it might be that we face. And, and then kind of we get there and we're like, right, okay, uh, let's try and rub that off. Well, that didn't work. Um, we try and rub some of that off. And as you can see, it just kind of smudges and it doesn't quite rub off, does it? Like it kind of just absorbs into me. And I feel like for me, that's... That's how my day sometimes starts. I start as a blank sheet of paper, and I end up just a bit of a mess because of the things that have come at me during the day. Um, but when I, when I um, read my Bible, um, I've got into the habit of, of just before anything else, before I switch my phone on, I don't know if you, like, you might have your phone on by the side of your bed and then before you can do anything you check your phone I, I've completely wiped away all of that I've left my phone in a different room anything that might put a demand on my life I leave in a different room and I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is I read my bible and this isn't like yeah you go Dan this is like a testimony and I want to encourage you to do the same because what happens is the first thing I do is I open up scripture and I pray and I find out that I'm loved. 
And I remember that, you know, just yesterday I was reading about my citizenship in heaven. I have a citizenship in heaven. I'm accepted. I'm never alone. I'm forgiven. And all of these things start to shape my identity. And so I start as a blank piece of paper, and then I'm reminded of these things so that, because that doesn't stop everything coming at you, does it? But it means that when the stuff comes at me, um, and all, I, don't, I still don't know if this is going to work, we're just going to see. Um, and all of these things kind of hit my life throughout the day. They don't absorb in in the same way, and they don't shape my identity in the same way. So that my identity is not in those things, but instead, those things wipe off. Oh, don't wipe off the Sharpie. I'm still loved, I promise. <laughs> and I'm accepted. I'm never alone. Um, I should have tried this. Uh, <laughs> but you get the point, yeah? It wipes off because it hasn't absorbed into my very, like, identity. It hasn't shaped me because the first thing that shaped me is the Bible. This has not quite worked, but I think you get the point. Um, the sticky, if you've ever tried sticky back plastic in an exercise book, this is another level. Um, and things wipe off, and they still leave a bit of a smudge, a bit of a stain, but underneath, I remember that I'm loved. And underneath, I remember that my citizenship is in heaven. And underneath, I know that I'm never alone. So it doesn't impact me in the same way. And it's simply because what I've done is I've read my Bible. I've read and like accepted and made those promises of God my own. I've let them shape me. Rather than the stuff and the rubbish that the world throws at me, I've said before anything else today, I'm going to be shaped by the words in this book. I'm going to be shaped by what God says about me and not by what the world says about me. And where, like, the question is, where is the first place that you are shaped in a day or in a week? What shapes your identity? What do you let impact you throughout your day? What is it that shapes your identity? I want to encourage you to let this to let God, through his word, shape your identity, to tell you who you are. And similarly, as a church, let's let the words in here shape us collectively. Let's let these words... I recently read a book called um, The Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, and it's very simple. It takes back... All it does is say, be the church that we see in the Bible. And it's refreshing, and it's attractive, and it's beautiful, and I want it, because we let this book shape who we are as a people. And so, who are you becoming? Who are we becoming? What is shaping your life and your identity? What is shaping your view of church? And the final question I want to answer um, is, what do you do with it? What do we do once we've read some of the words in this book? Um, what do we do? The, the Israelites, they responded without hesitation. I don't know if you noticed in the passage. Um, firstly, they had an emotional response. They, they broke down in weeping and crying. Uh, that's not something I do very often. Um, and then uh, Nehemiah says, 
go out and have a festival and eat, eat good food and drink good drink, and that's something I can do very often. Um, and, and they responded like that, and they had a physical response to God. And if we carry on reading, what we learn is that they responded really practically as well. They realized it was the first day of the seventh month um, in their calendar, and that that meant it was time for a festival. And it was the festival of booths. Um, and so they said, right, well, we, we are here now and it's happening, so let's just, let's just do it, I guess. So they'd read this passage that told them they were meant to be in a festival where they're meant to go out and collect sticks and build little booths that they live in for the month. And so they, rather than say, like, I would be really tempted to be like, oh, we didn't know because we hadn't read this in years. So maybe next year on the first day of the seventh month, what we'll do is we'll, we'll do this thing and we'll go out and live in booths and we'll celebrate this festival. They didn't do that. They said, you know, it gets to the second day and they're like, right, let's go get some sticks, let's build some booths and let's celebrate this festival together. And so that's what they did. They responded without hesitation by just doing what it said. They didn't try and second guess it. Um, they just went out and collected sticks collected stuff to make shelters for themselves, and did it. And, and I, like, it got my mind thinking this week, like, imagine we just did the same. Imagine we read something in here, and we just did it. We took the message, and we were obedient towards it. What would the world be like if Christians just stepped up and did what this book said? I think it would be crazy. Rather than like arguing about what the Greek or the Hebrew says, although sometimes that's important, we were just like, right, let's do it. Okay, that's great. Let's go and do it. Um, James tells us to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Imagine uh, we read the Bible and Jesus says, when you put on a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Imagine we were like, all right, that's a good idea. Let's go and do that. And as a home group, as a ministry group, whatever, we're like, right, let's put on a dinner for people who don't have enough stuff, who don't have food, and let's make it as brilliant and as good as possible for them. Um, what would Reading be like if, if Christians around Reading decided to do that and just did what it said? Or when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, we were like, right, okay, I'm going to go to my workplace, and I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to stick to my family, and I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to um, try and disciple my parents. I'm going to try and disciple my friends. And my goal in life is to make disciples, because that's just what Jesus told me to do. And we just took that seriously, because we read it. Um, or, uh, and it starts to like hit home when, you're like, when Jesus says, um, sell your possessions and give them to the poor. You're like, okay, what if we just read that and we're like, let's just sell some stuff and give money, to, money away? Like, the world would be radically different if we didn't just read it, but we did it. We did what it said. Let's be doers as well as hearers of the word. And I'm preaching to myself here too. It's been really challenging reading some of this stuff and trying to respond like they did here. This book is to shape our minds, our hearts, our actions, our words, our attitudes, and our relationships. It's an invitation to build God's kingdom, to be invited in with him 
to do his work and to live for him. And so my encouragement today is simply to read it. Just pick it up and read the Bible. And if you don't know where to start, I I did have, I've got got some practical tips um, really quickly. Um, If you don't know where to start, start in Mark. Um, For some of you, maybe at home especially, if you don't know where to start, just find the book of Mark and read through it. That's what I did as a teenager. I had no Christian background. I picked up a Bible. I read through the Gospels. I was captured by the person of Jesus. And that was enough. I didn't understand much of it, but I was captured by Jesus. And so I would encourage you, read the Gospels. Um, Get help if you are not sure what it means. Um, As a teenager, as I said, I went around and I did not understand the Bible. I didn't get it. I wanted to read it. I wanted to learn. And so what I did, I've still got it. Um, I was like a super nerd, okay? And everywhere I went, I carried this Bible with me. It it made me have strong shoulders as well. Um, But it's a study Bible. And I was like, I don't understand this, but I want to. And so on every page, it's got little bits at the bottom that help me to understand it. And it was just so helpful. Um, so, like, there's books that have been written. There's sermons out there. There's everything that you could want. The podcasts that try and explain this book. You're not on your own. Don't just get stuck and be like, oh, I don't understand it. Get help. There's things out there to help us. And, and finally, um, some people will say you don't have time. Um, we make time for what is important to us. And all you've got to do, do you have time for television? Do you have time for social media? Do you have time for Facebook games? Do you have time for all of those other things that fill our lives? And if the answer is yes, then I can promise you you've got time for this. Don't set the bar too high. Just spend five or ten minutes. Get up. It changed my life when I realized I could get up 20 minutes earlier and read the Bible. I didn't think I could do it. I can. I can get up before eight o'clock. <laughs> um, I can. And, and we can make time to read this, if it's important to us, if we want to hear what God has to say, then we will make time to read his word. And so um, I would love just just for a couple of minutes um, for you guys uh, who are here and at home just to chat about your experience together um, about the Bible. We've only got a couple of minutes. There's some questions on the screen. Oh, they are there. The tech is working. Thank you, Rene. Round of applause. So the team at the back who have got everything sorted, I assume. Um, so if you've come alone today, then just think about what, you know, how you want to respond to this. Think about the answers to those questions. Uh, if you've come with people, then feel free to chat um, with the people that you've come with uh, and just answer these questions together. Um, and if you're at home, the same applies. Like, have a chance to think about these questions, ask one another the questions. A little tip, um, as a youth worker, I can t- tell you these things. Uh, you don't have to answer first if you ask first. Um, so if you ask the person you're sat with what their answer is, they have to answer. Um, so always be the first person to ask the question, and it gets things going without you having to answer. Um, so the questions are up there. You've just got two or three minutes just to have a chance to, to kind of digest what we've been thinking about this morning. Um, and then Debs and Trev will come and kind of round us up. <laughs>